0: Hey, what's going on, motivators? Today's uh October friggin' 10th, 2021. It's an overcast Sunday. A little bit of pissing down rain, just a little bit. Must be like chance of rain 40%. That's cool. That's unimpressive. It's nice to have a down day Sunday. You know, necessitated by rain. All right. To kind of chill out a little bit. Of course, I'm not chilling out completely. Heading out to Lowe's. Got to get a bunch of shit there. Got to pick up freaking prescriptions. Got to get freaking gas. Got to stop by my office. Plan for next week. Get all my clothes out. Get all my shit squared away. Because as I have discussed before, organization is key. Cleaning is key. Decluttering is key. Hopefully you're the type of person who agrees. You know, you gotta friggin' have your area squared away. Or else you're kinda fucked. Right? Your life is not gonna be good. In the words of Gunnery Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket, Joker, cowboy, I want you guys to square away the head. I want that head so sanitary and squared away that the Virgin Mary herself would be proud to go in there and take a dump. You do you understand me. Right? Even the dirtiest places, especially the dirtiest places, you gotta get them freaking clean and squared away. Your little sink area, you know, we got a his and hers sink. I got my toothpaste over there. I got my friggin mouthwash, got my little personal groomers all set there, just took a nice shower, shaved up a little bit for the week, it's one advantage of wearing a mask, you know, you're shielding half your face, so you don't really pay too much attention to what my underbeard looks like, or how, my you know, how well manicured my beard is, my face, or if I got nose hairs or fucking ear hairs or any of that stuff. Most people can't really tell about that shit. Of course, I prefer the that we not have to wear the masks. Fucking conversation for another day. I actually did have somebody this week. Somebody again, I know and love them, but kind of stupid. Oh, we're wearing these stupid masks. We still wearing these stupid masks. Why? I'm vaccinated. Somebody I see. Every all the time. How had to gently point out, yeah, well, you can still catch it and pass it on. Just wear the fucking mask. In here, just wear the mask. Shut the fuck up. Because people are tired of you talking about it. Let alone complain. We're just tired of you talking about it. Why is this still an issue? Why are you still, not to mention this individual had the fucking COVID cooties before and could have potentially passed it around. So you think that they would be particularly sensitive to it after experience, experiencing it firsthand. All right? Anyway, you got to fucking keep your area clean, my friends. On that note, because I've already discussed that at length, On that note, I just finished up this decluttering feng shui or decluttering project this week. That was uh, for this doctorate level course that I teach for an acupuncture school. All right, this is week week seven, and so the assignment is to do a decluttering thing. How does it make you feel? Is the question. You well. Know. Uh, the before and after. Well, most of them are like, oh, look what I did with my dining room table, all the books for this course and that course. Or this is my drawer, and I check it out, and I look in the drawer. It makes me feel sad and unorganized and like a mess. So now, since decluttering, I feel like um, I feel fresh and new and ready to go. And yes, on some level, you're ready to destroy that drawer again. To throw all kinds of crap, loose change, this, that, and the other thing in it, and it's going to be absolutely a constant process of unfucking that drawer or cleaning the garage. And yeah, it's the last thing you want to do. But one of my students put it this way: Now that she says part of her process for studying for exams includes you know cleaning, she does all of her cleaning. She cleans the house, cleans the drawers. It's like a stress, an exercise in, uh, like, stress management, seemingly. She's managing her stress. She's preparing for battle, for a scholastic battle, she, or whatever the task is. Clean the house. Now you can go out and you can have fun this weekend. Well, I cleaned the house all day today. I organized this, that, and the other thing, I, and I got everything out for the week. Now I'm ready to go and, and do battle, which is it kind of is. Lately, it's been like doing battle. Yes, yes? Yes. So I thought that was very, very cool. Now most of them, like I said, were like, ah, this is my dining room table, this is my drawer, this is my whatever. This one person, holy shit, what a fucking mess. What a mess. The rug in the room looked like fucking dump. The window, the windowsill was all fucked up with sheetrock showing and no, uh, I mean, it was, unless this person lives in poverty... It is disgusting. He said, oh, i got to take bottles for recycling. you got to clean up bottles in your room? You know, you have fucking all kinds of miscellaneous uh, iced tea bottles and lemonade bottles and Snapple bottles and debris and stuff in your room. It's not like one or two. It's like they're in there. They're mixed with uh, piles of laundry and just phone cords and all this stuff. It was disgusting. Actually, I'm surprised this individual had the uh, courage to, to share it. I appreciate that. Hold on a second. got to get this uh, prescription. <laughs> Alright, I'm back. Well, what kind of prescription picked, you picking up? What kind of uh, mind's running well? None of your fucking business, man. How about that? Put down in your pipe and smoke it. Son of a bitch. So, yeah, clutter, man. Look, I mean, I got clutter in my own life. If I didn't have uh, Mrs. Oberst there, Mandy Oberst, who's a fucking crazy neat freak. Okay, she's a pathological neat freak. Not pathological. But it's a compliment. I'm trying to offer a compliment. She's very, very neat and organized and ensures that the entire house is so. To the point where if people are, I told, I scolded my son the other day. I said, hey, man, well, I'm just wash the dishes. Let's, uh, any any uh, dirty dishes that you make, put them in, you know, wash them off, rinse them off, and put them in the, in the damn dishwasher. You know, so it doesn't accumulate. He goes, oh, okay. So he comes over and tries to do it. And she scurries us away. She's like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it it's more stressful for you to be in here when I'm washing the dishes just you know so you tell us you don't want dishes in the sink but you we try to help we try to do that and you you know jump in front of us and it's fucked up i don't like that and that's why i say it's pathologic like you have to be the one to clean everything then nobody learns the value of cleaning themselves break just stopping off to get some gas here. I'm going to fill this tank up with the freaking regular. Hell yeah. <laughs> somebody put a somebody put a Biden sticker on the gas on the gas pump that said I did that. He's pointing to the price and he says I did that. Jesus fucking Christ. Once again, people are simpletons. They think that the President of the United States controls directly influences, regularly directly influences the price of gas. Things are a lot bigger than our wonderful country here. You understand what I'm saying? Not all about us. So, uh, Fill up my fucking tank. So decluttering. This decluttering exercise is really interesting. And I had this one particular student who left a fucking... I mean, it's like, holy shit, I can't... The, the after, I had to really look at it. Because the after was was still disgusting. Like, the, the, the rug was so fucked up with all kinds of shit and debris on there... That if I were this messy, I would have to take tear the rug up and put some sort of something down. I'd rather have a fucking plywood floor. Because at least then you could sweep that. Clean it in some way, shape, or form, but it's pretty disgusting. But I appreciate the effort. You know, maybe this person has some sort of challenges, but another person I thought it was interesting because this one guy—he always he always submits the cleanest work, really good, well researched, well written essays, well properly cited in APA format. It's like obviously he's done it before, but he's—it's—it also says something about how meticulous a person can be when somebody writes. You can tell a lot about somebody about how they write. The flow of their sentences, the punctuation, the attention to detail, and this guy's before and after were barely distinguishable because both were clean. There's a little desk area. This guy's walking around taking his little look. Gonna watch the window now. Uh-huh. Yeah, this guy's desk area was so friggin' squared away. It looked impeccable, and I, I consider his the work that he submits every week, and I'm like, wow, this guy, no wonder why. I even paid him that compliment. I said, it makes sense, because the quality of work that you submit is invariably gorgeous, uh, impeccable, that I can tell that that's your life. That's how you, you, you prefer to... to organize your life. I wonder, I mean, put the spotlight on myself, look in the mirror. What kind of organization do I have? Like, I thought about this when you come into my office, break. When you come into my office, it is clean. It is organized, but it is I got a lot of shit. You know, like it's, I, I always make, uh, poke a little fun at myself and say it's kind of like a, we're kind of doing art, arts and crafts and creativity mixed with uh, 1990s era Ruby Tuesdays decor. You know how everything is kind of hanging from the ceiling? You know, I have a, gets a lot of my mural, my ceiling mural. It gets an awful lot of positive comments. Now I'm going to get a little, little car wash. The card could not be read. Please wipe again. Fuck your mother. Credit card information has been received. Please make a wash selection. Wait while well, you're fantastic. Shut up. Well, why are you getting your car washed on a on an overcast day? Because there's nobody here. And I got fucking sawdust. I know it's clinging all over to my fucking Ram or 1500. So I'm going to get some of this debris out of here. right I'm fucking pulled all the way in Peters there we go so yeah there's no fucking line right now I'm gonna clean this thing up it's gonna be kind of a decent weekend I believe just maybe maybe some clouds but otherwise um, fall like weather not a lot of precipitation as far as I read and so clean up my truck now for ten bucks Scrub-a-scrub-a-dub. We're going to declutter the outside, the exterior of this vehicle. Get that fucking sawdust off. Get a little soap suds on there. I poured some gas and and chainsaw bar oil off the tailgate yesterday. Scrub-a-dub, that shit. Any sort of other crap in the back, in the fucking bed of the truck. This is utilitarian, is what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm clean. I'm organized. But I also have kind of a messy mind, as you might agree by listening to the podcast. I got a lot of things going on, a lot of interests, a lot of ideas, a lot of clutter in my mind. And so the podcast is actually one way that I declutter and try to focus my mind. Now, ironically, I think some of my better podcasts are the freestyle ones where I'm just talking and shit and barking at, uh, other drivers, and making comments about the things that I see in this crazy world, I think, you know, so that's art, to me, that's art, it's like, you can't be structured all the time, right, you don't want to be overly structured, because that's fucking boring, man, it's safe. It's safe to always be, oh, this has got to be square and everything's got to be perfect and everything's got to be spick and span. That's kind of boring, you know? But at the same time, you don't want to be a fucking mess of a person. Like if you are, uh, you know, I've seen some desks of scientific, uh, historical scientific people like, hey, this is uh, Thomas Edison's workshop or Einstein's desk and in some cases those most beautiful mines uh, throughout history have been kind of dirty kind of dirty you know what i mean those mines they're making connections that the rest of us can't. Their brilliance shows through. And that's what people see, remember them about. But they might have been... That might have been as a result of their being... Um, you know, them having... Allowing themselves to have all these ideas and to focus on, like, creating things. I think, like, about my wood carving, you know. I love to carve wood. I hate to do saw maintenance. You know, breaking out the... Um, pressure washer and blowing the saws out and sharpening chains and gassing things up. It can be a real pain in the ass. Like I need a I need a saw bitch. I've said this before, I've never needed a saw bitch more than I do right now. By that I mean somebody who can fucking square away my shit after I mess it up so like there you go I can span that so saw bitch not to be derogatory doesn't have to be a woman or a man. Gender doesn't matter. I need somebody who's who's dedicated and who's better at doing things that I'm not. Like somebody who could just fricking blow out my saws, spray them all the down, all their chains and bars, spray all that shit down with uh, WD forty sharpen the chains, I'll show you how, clean up my shed, throw anything out that I'm not going to use, paint my shed, organize it, shore it up. Now, I need somebody to help me with that sort of stuff, just like I need my wife and the rest of my family and my office staff to do the things that I don't have time to do or I don't feel like fucking doing, Right? That way, if I can just pick up my saws and they're ready to go, God, that'd be wonderful. I'd gladly pay somebody, give them access to my shed and my garage, just unfuck all this stuff, set it up, clean it up, tune up my saws, get them ready to go, pack up the truck, we're going over here. While I cut, you can drag away debris and throw it to a burn pile, blow off the carvings, seal the carvings, I'll see you. you know what I mean? I'll give that person a percentage of the job. I kind of need that for this big bear right now. So if anybody's got any spare time and, you know, a day after I freaking carve, they come over for a half hour, an hour, drive over there and clean up a little bit, square away the area so that it's ready to go. Pin up my little printed pictures of full-size bears with some freaking thumbtacks, stick them to the tree or nearby so I can see them, go into the office, clean that up, like my office staff always clean the office up, right, organize things, we need that, or we need to do it ourselves, we need to, you know, put some rainy day time together and square that away, so that's my piece on decluttering. Next, and this is very interesting, okay, shifting gears here. We're watching some horror movies. Now, my daughter's uh, kind of um, into this sort of stuff. She's a little bit of a different individual. She likes things and, and they like horror films or spooky things. And my son historically is frightened of this stuff. So, when he was like five, six, seven, and we'd walk by a Halloween adventure store, Spirit Halloween, he would be traumatized. And we couldn't go in, and it's like, okay. He's always scared of this stuff. So, yeah, we watched Jaws, and I was... I probably said this before. He was all disappointed. Not disappointed, but he was frightened and and wouldn't admit it. He's a little bit older now. Let's say he's 12, 13. We watched Jaws, and he's like, This is so stupid. Like Somebody dies every day. Like, by the things that he's saying, I could tell that he was uncomfortable about it. So, it's, you know... First couple weeks in October, last night we put on some different shows. We get home from wherever the hell we were after a long day, have a nice meal. I put on, we're looking around. So now I'm frustrated because I want to watch something again. You want to give somebody like the gift of a good movie. So if you don't want to give them a bad experience, and they're not going to want to do it. So I figured, you know what, something that's kind of mild, horror, scary a little bit, but like a short story. I remembered Creepshow from when I was a kid in the 80s, Stephen King, with whoever else. Creepshow. So we turned that on, and the credits came before the actual show, which is different, and all the, uh, the soundtrack sounded like. You know, a 1970s, 80s video game soundtrack. Really, really cheese. So the shows, there were three. There's one with uh, an Indian, Chief Woodenhead it was called, where there's a cigar store Indian in a, in a dying little tumbleweed of a town in the southwest somewhere, and poverty-stricken area. And this nice young, uh, white couple in there own this, this hardware store. And uh, I guess the local Indian tribes, uh, on the reservation, they kind of take advantage of the guy. He's nice. He gives them things if they need it. He wants to like give back to the community. And so he gives everybody breaks and they take advantage of him. So the chief comes in and he's like, this creep show, too, by the way, um, series of, you know, a trip, a triplet of, of, uh, each of the creep show programs is like three short stories, maybe 20 minutes a piece. So chief comes in, he apologized to the guy, gives him like some sort of ceremonial, um, jewelry, like you know, necklaces, and wrist and all kinds of Native American stuff and the guy's like, I can't take this, you know I appreciate you, you're a good man and then right after he left the chief in come these for again when they close the door there are these hoodlums in there with this really handsome young brave and he's got real long flowing hair and he wants to go to Hollywood he's going to get out of this little shitty town and he's got a needs money, so he robs the people, and he winds up killing the old couple. And Chief Woodenhead, in very cheesy 80s-like fashion, turns into this rubber outfit of a prop Indian, and he goes on a rampage and kills these three uh, youths who, who killed the old couple, and then took his place back up on that pedestal, and that was the one. The second one was about a bunch of teens that go up to a lake. After the summer's over, and they, they're they cutting loose, smoking weed, driving fast cars, listening to friggin' rock and roll, they swim out to a dock, and it's frozen friggin' lake, you know, it's getting cold, and then there's like this amorphous blob, like an amoeba-like structure that swallows the kids up. Now, this is one part of the scene, uh, one scene in this segment. Where they're um, are a teen boy and a, and a girl. And they are like, hey, it's cold. Can you hold me? And they're dressed in like kind of like sweatshirts and bathing suits. The guy's bare-chested. So he's feeling his hormones going. He starts to make moves on this girl while they're laying down on the dock. And he pulls up her shirt and sees her boobies there. And nice boobies. And he goes to like touch them and goes to suck on those titties. And then the blob, she's like moaning and then she turns her face, picks her head up and the fucking blob has got her from through the slats in the, in the dock. So that was pretty, uh, interesting. So while this is happening, there's this phenomenon that I've perhaps mentioned before whereby, you know, parents and kids get a little bashful when we have sexual scenarios and uncomfortable adult themes. And some adults will get that, These they'll get uncomfortable just when it's them, right? Like, oh, what is this? It's like it's too, it's too much for them to handle because it, it evokes an emotion. I want to point out kind of the obvious, I thought what I thought was the obvious, and it is this. The artists uh, that are... You know, the people who are writing these stories... In this case, it was Stephen King. And the producers and all that shit. They create these these stories. And short stories. And and, and they leave certain things out. So, for instance, when... There's somebody... There's a commercial that was just on recently where... You know, it's a Halloween time of year. While well, these, these kids are running around in some forest... And they say, hey, there's a shed with all these chainsaws hanging from it. Let's go hide in there. They'll never look for us. And, of course, that's exactly where where the killer would look. And the killer, like, shows up with this, like, smug look on his face. Like, okay. And goes after him, right? Goes to kill him. way out in the way in the outskirts of Lowe's here so I can finish this podcast and go in and get a million things beautiful trees these are like uh, sweet gums I think really nice looking trees they got these spike balls on them, the seed pods maybe I'll take one of those and I will plant the seeds hell yeah, it's like I told you right I'm gonna have a freaking indoor greenhouse. It's gonna be great. So, um so, think about that in horror films. So then there's this, the gratuitous sex. You got people who are taking risks, young people, and they're frisky, and they're gonna go and fool around wherever, right? They could be in a camp. Hey, let's fu- let's take let's fuck on this. Uh, uh, let's go in the water, and we'll fool around in the water after dark. Nobody will be there. Let's skinny dip. And they fucking leave their clothes on the on the frickin' bank and they go in there and next thing you know they get killed. You know? You couldn't see that coming. His penis cap in this friggin' hemi parks right next to me. Got the same idea that I do, I guess. I'm just gonna continue finish my podcast here. So bitch. So these scenes, you're really surprised by them. You can't tell me that you're sincerely surprised by these scenes, right? That's a freaking white trash couple if I've ever seen it. So You can't tell me you're surprised by the gratuitous sex. Hey, let's go skinny dipping. Hey, oh, we're on this dock and you got nice titties. Let me, uh, let's fool around. You know, I've got, I've smoked a little bit of weed, so I'm acting irresponsibly. And <laughs> fuck it, man, I don't care about anything. And then your head gets pulled through the friggin' slats of, of the dock. So my wife and children, my son, even he was when the titties are, he's like, oh man, this is, oh, oh man, come on. Dad, turn us off. And I'm thinking, I don't know if he's trying to be sensitive to Lily, who is going to be 13 next month. Um, I don't know if he's trying to be sensitive to her, or if he's, he's clearly bashful himself. And I was the same way with my parents. They would be, like, really quiet, and if things got really, really juicy, really sexual, um, or there was adult themes and they would maybe turn it off. My mother can be like, turn that off. Okay. The the reality though is this, there's a story to be told here. You know, sometimes the, the only, the only gratuitous, truly gratuitous sex, pointless sex is porn. And so everyone has, most of us have, um, have dealt with these things in our own lives as a perspective about love and intercourse and adult themes, language, um situations that we're not comfortable in. The writers of a story are trying to put you in that position. You know? When they've obviously now when you've got this movie Frontier that I've got, I told you about the series Frontier where they have um this alehouse and a scottish woman or irish woman runs it and they're trying to take it from her and she's kind of like a, a spy she because she listens to everybody's stories and you know they, they loose lips sink ships literally in her alehouse. so she knows everything plays people against one another and ultimately is a very smart businesswoman but she does not have she's not run a whorehouse which uh, all the guys around want her to And the men in power for a short time took over her alehouse, turned into a whorehouse. And there's all kinds of terribly abusive uh, characters who are um, abusing these women, you know, taking them against their will, taking, you know, um, underage girls and, you know, slapping them around and stuff. And so some of the whores rebel and they kill, um, they kill these guys and bury them, or hide their bodies, or whatever, and, you know, I'm sure that this sort of thing occurred in whorehouses back in the day, in the oldest profession, I'm sure there's quite a few hazards, there are well-known hazards, right, that, that people have to deal with if you're going to live this life, and so it might be uncomfortable, but it is what could be a reality, it's a situation that is going to make you feel a certain way. So in these horror movies, that are ridiculous and pointlessly brutal and frightening, things jumping out of dark places, like in the. So we watch after those the creep shows. Oh, I'm sorry. The third creep show is the one where there's a woman and she goes out. She's a rich woman. And she goes out to this um, male prostitute, and the opening scene is they're just they're sleep in presumably after a, a night of intercourse and smoking cigarettes and she pays him and says, I'll see you next week. And I got to get home. And you know, she overslept and now she's got to get home because her husband expects her home at a particular time. So she's rushing home and she's driving a Mercedes and she runs over this guy. Who's a hitchhiker. He's got a sign. He's got a yellow coat. It's raining. She friggin' hits him, kills him presumably, and then drives away because another car is coming. She got spooked, and she's like, oh God, what do I do? What do I stay here? It hurt. I just killed somebody, perhaps. I don't want to, you know, should I, can I live with this? Did I really kill them? Or are they alive? Are they Are going to make it? Um, my husband finds out I'm out. What am I going to say? Where I'm coming home from? Just, she realized that she's in a tough spot, so she left, fled the scene after hitting this guy, and then down the road, she, she Runs into him. There's, she she passes the guy, the same hitchhiker. And then, you know, he's jumping out of every nook and cranny. He goes, thanks for the ride, lady. Hey, lady, thanks for the ride. And so she now she's going crazy. And she freaking kills the guy, runs him over about a thousand times, smashes him into a tree, goes off-roading in the damn Mercedes, and then limps home to the her beautiful Tudor estate in the country of Maine, countryside of Maine and then she says, uh, then the door closes, the automatic, uh, garage door closes, and then she says, uh, there he is, he's all fucking mutilated, his eyes popped out of his sockets with his tongue hanging out, and you know, all of his bones and muscles are fucked up, and he goes, hey, lady, thanks for the ride, lady, thanks for the ride, so, um, If you've seen all this stuff, you remember it well. They're actually really good stories and funny stories. I remember being like in middle school or or high school or whatever and saying, Hey, thanks for the ride, lady. Hey, lady, thanks for the ride. So, um, after that, we put on The Walking Dead. I heard good things about this, but it was one of those things where, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling that kind of entertainment. I I didn't really... There are times in my life where I'm just, I don't know if I'm stressed or whatever it is. I just don't want to turn my attention to something ugly. Sometimes I feel the world is so ugly on its own that I just, I want to laugh. I don't want to be entertained like that. I'm not, I don't find gore and all that appealing. So I can, I feel like other people do as well who might be uncomfortable. I don't want to turn my attention to zombies. I think they're stupid in a way, you know? Overplayed, definitely. So we watched it. It was actually really good. Um, but there was this a scene where, uh, like I said, one of the scariest things that you can do is if you take away a person's senses, and our primary sense as human beings is vision, right? So you take away vision, and a guy's walking through. He wakes up in a hospital after a coma of however long is, and he somehow made it through. They didn't kill him. The zombies didn't eat him, But it looks like there was an apocalypse that occurred. Like fucking, there's helicopters all over. There's military sandbags. There's dead bodies and body bags outside of the hospital. And just like hundreds and thousands of dead. And in the local town where he was a cop. You know, he goes out and tries to find his family and they're gone. But... He walks, when when he escapes the hospital... He walks, um, he has to go, there's no electricity, so he goes down through a stairwell, like a fire, fire stairwell, and it's completely dark and he's using matches, and every time his match goes out, you feel like, wow, that's when, this, when he lights one up, the zombies are going to be standing right in front of him, and instead he, he, he emerges into the parking lot, out the back loading dock of the hospital, and it's so bright, He's, like, come out, and it's like he's reborn. And then he sees all these dead body bags of people half in and out, and zombies and all this shit. So very, very interesting. I'm just thinking about the emotions that are evoked in any sort of entertainment, in music, in search, certainly in films, and these series that are so popular. And you think about where it came from, like how, you know, the the original dracula or frankenstein or whatever these initial movies that we we we're like oh we're going to create a genre we're going to scare the shit out of people people are scared of ghosts and goblins and we're gonna monsters so we're gonna create this story mary shelley wrote frankenstein and i remember analyzing that in a uh an undergraduate english class and it was excellent you know you're asking well you know why are people behaving this way why you know, the monster as society and, uh, is created comes into the world and it wasn't their own choice and, um, people are cruel and monster is angry and lonely and, um, I remember writing, I wish I had that assessment, but I had to write a little, my feelings on, on it, on the movie, like a little movie analyzing, analyzation. And it was fun. It was interesting. So, anyway, just uh, interested to hear other people's thoughts, even though I can't talk to you, really, on um, on these movies. And how, it, I'm sure you've experienced this and, and, and had to ask yourself the question, well, you know, as I am, well, my kids are developing, they're in their teen years now, and they're invariably going to experience things that frighten them and adult themes and stuff like that that some people um, are completely comfortable with and other people are like, oh my God, I just don't know if, my, I don't want my grow up, my kid's too fast, I want them to see, you know, the teenage irresponsibility and sex and all that stuff and they'll, they'll think it's okay to behave that way. They're going to learn it from somewhere, you know. I certainly have had conversations with them all and they they watch us so they understand what is right versus wrong and we'll continue to help them develop but they're going to they're in that stage now right where peer group takes over for parenting in a lot of ways they're going to be looking to pop culture they're going to be looking to their peers and their friends and how they behave and they're going to see things at any point they can go on the internet and and search whatever they want and and five, six, seven years, they're going to be of age. And that's going to happen real quick. They're going to have to make their own decisions, right? So watching some 1980s depiction of uh, teens engaging in heavy petting is no fucking big deal. All right. That's a mouthful. So, think about that. Think about the declutter and think about uh, your week and how you can kick in the ass, how motivating that would be if you organized today. I'm sure you're all doing that. If not get off your ass, stop watching football for, you know, an hour and go get your toiletries ready, go get your freaking work clothes out, you know, set your alarm, double triple check anything is due this week in terms of work or school so that you uh don't get blindsided and that's a horror story far worse than any zombies that are coming to get you. Also consider what I said about um these horror genres with with Halloween upon us. Think about all those cheesy Halloween, uh, Halloween movies we used to watch growing up, like Halloween with Michael Myers and um, Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees and and Freddy Krueger. And note that one of the most common horror films and the most successful in all of them, or the majority of them, the monsters actually wind up being people. That's That's the scariest monsters I've ever seen people.